This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Gentlemen, we have breaking news. An emergency live Purple Daily here. Uh, what's funny is I got to my hotel room in Cincinnati here for some Hubbard Radio annual meetings. And I was crafting a text to Judd to say, hey, Twins are in Cincinnati tonight. I'm actually going to go to the Twins game here in like an hour. But if you want to knock out some Purple Daily, I'll literally just knock out like an episode of Purple Daily. And Judd hit send on his own text message that said, breaking news, Dalton Reisner has signed with the Vikings. And so here we are live for, I don't know, the next 30, 40 minutes. We got Stella live in the background at Judd's house. And and Ryder, her friend, who's very excited about this move. Oh, yeah, Ryder's a big internal offensive line play. Oh, you know, God, kind of you know, sore. meat and yeah. potatoes. So, uh, yeah, Ian Rappaport had uh, this tweet 23 minutes ago. The Vikings are signing free agent guard Dalton Reisner, sources say. The former Broncos starter and one of the top free agents available. Of course, there's not that many free agents of note available anymore. The season has started. Lends valuable experience to Minnesota's line. Uh, this show is presented by our friends at TCL. They have award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Uh, so, all right. I think we got done recording the Alex Boone Trenches film breakdown episode today. And one of the run plays that just like did not go anywhere, Alex was pointing out, here are like the three things Ed Ingram could have done on this play to break a big run. And he wound up just looking around doing nothing. I mean, I think we all had kind of a feeling after Boone broke it down, they got to make a change of some kind here. So what do you think the signing of Dalton Reisner means for the 0-2 Vikings? I think it means that there was some serious self-reflection done. So if you win on a Thursday, it's great, right? 10 days off uh, or t- 10 days between games. Uh, a weekend to have fun and reflect on success. If you lose, conversely, it's also good because it gives you time to reflect on your failures. Um, Mm. And I like the fact that this team finally, after an 0-2 start, and I'm guessing some soul-searching and deep conversations that might have included the quarterback, said, we can't continue down this path. Like, we, we took a big chance in trying to bring all of that interior line back. Bradbury got hurt, which makes it worse now. And it's not just that the, the run game's been awful, because it has been, but it's also the fact that the quarterback from interior pressure, he his pressure statistics might not be terrible, but when he gets hit, he's getting destroyed. 
And so I think that this loss on Thursday provided ample time to spend three days or so reflecting on something has to change. And I applaud this. I I don't know if it's going to work perfectly, but I know this, what they were doing and what they tried to run back was not working at all. So no matter whose place uh, Dalton Reisner takes, and I'm guessing it's Ingram's, but no matter what they do, it has the potential to be an upgrade because these first two games, and, and especially with how timid and weak this team looked on Thursday night, something had to be done. And when you look at the division too, no, in my opinion, nobody's going to run away with this thing. You're 0-2, it sucks, it's not good, but guess what? There's still an opportunity here. And I think that this is this is a smart move in trying to capitalize on the fact that you know what you were doing didn't work and stop being stubborn. And this is not being stubborn. I don't disagree that it might add depth, but I also believe it reeks of desperation. So uh, definitely reeks of definitely reeks of desperation. Yeah, <laughs> the, the offensive line has has had problems. Dalton Reisner um, was a decent pass blocker last year. He struggled in um, in, in in pass rush or in in, in rush run blocking so does this help alexander madison in any way to help get the running game going a little bit more i don't i don't know i don't think so i also look at it in a different way of all right this line isn't gonna isn't gonna be able to hold up kirk forever bradbury's already went down schlotman's had to step in do they just need an extra body in here in case just some one of the other guys goes down too like i don't think it's a given that dalton reisner is starting on sunday against the chargers quite yet either i don't think we can just assume that i wouldn't be shocked at all if they ease him in and they still want to try to get this line continuity and still go from there. So it wouldn't shock me if he starts, but I do think the move also just reeks of desperation. Yeah. Well, they're, I mean, but they're Owen two, So mm-hmm. I guess I'm, I, I'm not going to, it is desperate, but I'm not going to judge them for being desperate because that's at least they're facing their reality. And at least they're making a move of some kind here. So to Declan's point about Dalton Reisner as a run blocker versus a pass protector, you know, according to Pro Football Focus, that's exactly sort of the story of his four-year career to this point. By the way, he's only 26 years old, and he's just coming off his rookie contract. He spent four years in Denver, uh, drafted in 2019 in the second round, by the way. He was a 41st overall pick, and uh, and just, I don't know if his money demands were too high. There was some strife between him, and I, it wasn't... Wasn't he one of the focal points of like the offensive yeah. line versus Russell Wilson awkward? Yeah, he took a shot at him on the sideline. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's that whole right. thing. So there's there are reasons why he, as a 26 year old in his prime, former 41st overall pick, was available going into week three of the 2023 season. But he has graded out very, very good as a pass protector, according to Pro Football Focus, in those four years. And on the flip side, I don't know that Ed Ingram's gonna be uh cast aside right off the bat here, but no guard in the NFL since the beginning of last year has allowed more pressures than Ed Ingram. Now, another sort of thing to consider here is I believe Dalton Reisner has played almost exclusively left guard in his career to this point. Ezra Cleveland has played some right guard. Yeah. So I I, th- I think Ed Ingram is the one that would be on the chopping block here. I don't know who would then play right guard if it would be Cleveland sliding over or if, if Reisner is going to come in here and, and play on the other side of the center. Yeah, I'm just looking right now. 3,773 career snaps for Dalton Reisner, all of them at left guard. Yeah, when, when he uh, came in for the workout, which I, I think ended, 
ended up being a visit on August 1st. Um, I looked at it and he had played some guard. I want to say he played some tackle in college, but he had played exclusively right guard for the Broncos um, or left guard. I'm sorry. And so I think what, I think what might happen here is it wouldn't surprise me if he wants to play left guard, if Cleveland gets moved to right guard, look, I'm not saying Cleveland's great, but Ed Ingram has been a disaster. And there's no way everybody in that building and TCO is on board with, let's just keep doing this. Let's just keep beating our heads against yeah. the wall. And De- Dex is right. It's desperation. But guess what? You're 0-2. You're in a division that is, that remains. Like, you're a game back. So, like, this thing is not done. You can't afford, though, to lose again on Sunday. Home game Chargers, struggling team. You are, yeah. too. And so, yes, it reeks of desperation. And it's my opinion that they should have made a move like this far earlier but i'd rather see it made now like take one more chance to try and write yourself um because what we've seen in these first two games and especially against the tough eagles defensive line on thursday is not acceptable like it's not i and i know that when we see the run game doesn't work that the first thing is to say well the running back sucks the running back sucks but as booney pointed out to us uh on the trenches that's not necessarily true is the running back perfect obviously not but when it breaks down, and he did a marvelous job, as he does, of documenting it for us, you know, the Vikings watch those cut-ups, too. And I guarantee you say, at some point in time, this has to stop. And my guess is, um, as patient as he seems to be on the surface, Kevin O'Connell's got a different side to him. Like, Kevin O'Connell, very competitive, obviously got to where he is because he's competitive. And my guess is that after that game on Thursday, O'Connell said, Hey, Quasi, there's desperation here. Now we got to do something. And this at least is something I'm not saying it's going to work. And I, and again, the desperation does bother me, but I'd rather be desperate now in what I perceive to be a bad division than to say, okay, screw it. Because Phil, as we've discussed, we can talk about, Hey, you know what? Trade cousins, trade Daniil, you know, make trades. That's not how this team works. This team is not going to trade his top players yet. And they would need to be at the bottom of the barrel. And I don't know that you're going to get there in this current division. In this league, it's not like you got a bunch of great teams. Yeah, I mean, I think what you just brought up is actually a good point. If you're trying to figure out where is the organization at, I know that Charlie Walters from the Pioneer Press had uh, sort of an insider uh, notes column, and he's been super plugged into the Wilf family over the years. And he said, there's people in the organization bracing for, especially if they lose to the chargers, a full rebuild where you would first of all, say goodbye to Kirk and probably Daniil. And then, you know, we'll see how far they sort of take that, but they're not there yet. I think it's important to say all the, the fun speculation that we have had, or maybe not so fun for some people about, okay, if you're Owen two, if this thing keeps sliding, there's a couple teams out there that could use a pass rusher. There's one notable team that could use a quarterback. Everything else is ready to go, right? But they are not at that point yet inside that building. And the signing of Dalton Reisner tells you that they're looking to go and win this game against the Chargers, which this isn't breaking news to anyone. Obviously, they're going to try and keep winning. And they're going to try and go on a run, go beat Carolina. They think they can get back to 2-2. Two and two. And like you said, Judd, this division, you know, the Lions just fell to 1-1. One and one. I mean, hell, you could, if things go right this weekend, you could win against the Chargers and be tied record-wise for first place. So yeah. you're not looking at needing maybe 12 or 13 wins to win this division. But um, 
I think just one more thing here, and then you know we can wrap this and talk about whatever else we want to. You know, Declan, you said you don't know that it's a given that he's going to play this. I actually think it. I would be shocked if Dalton Reisner did not play this Sunday. I don't think you. First of all, he's probably he, he, they met like a month ago, so he's he's had his eye on this thing. He's been interacting with Vikings fans on Twitter. You know, I'm sure they talk scheme and whatever. I, I would be shocked if they made the desperate move to sign him and then stashed him for like a week or two. So I don't know how much you can just keep running. Your season's on the line on Sunday. Do you trust Ed Ingram with your season on the line? That's the and, question you have to ask yourself. Yeah, and I, I mean, I definitely don't trust Ed Ingram, but I think this coaching staff, even though with this signing, still has belief that he, they want him to be the guy. Because even with the drafting of him and that draft class looking really bad on paper in 2022, they still wanted to try to do that. I think he's being brought in here as, yes, the insurance policy, if Ed Ingram's play continues to go down the toilet, which has been it's been in basically since he debuted in the NFL. But I, I think it's still difficult to pick everything up right away off the street and expect him to be a starter on Sunday in, in less than six days. He, he did play in – so the Vikings – Offensive line coach Chris Cooper is a good friend of Reisner's, and Chris Cooper was the assistant offensive line coach for the Broncos previously. So I'd be curious as to how much translation there actually might be, at least in the line calls, because mm-hmm. that would certainly help. Um, the other thing to keep in mind too, that's going to be intriguing about this, and and to see whose point is correct on when he plays, is this one too. When things go bad, if you have a GM and coach, they often do not see eye to eye. So, and we don't know this, but if Ed Ingram was Quazy's guy and the front office's guy and O'Connell has been patient, O'Connell is going to, when, when you're on, on your way to 13 wins, it's very simple to say, yeah, I mean, the leash, you know, let's give him a little bit more leash. Okay, okay, uh, Quazy. But when you're 0-2 and now it's O'Connell's ass on the line, um, don't, as, don't assume that the conversations in TCO were all, uh, civil in the past three or four days. So I would be curious because, you know, the Ingram thing has appeared for a lot of it, I think, to, to be a disaster. But the Vikings went 13-4. and four, And so it's hard mm-hmm. to say, well, he sucks. Let's replace him. At 0-2, O'Connell might be saying, you're getting my quarterback killed. Like, my quarterback, again, it's not the pressures, it's the hits. And, like, the Netflix yeah, yeah, doc- yeah, yeah. docuseries was the first thing to point out the pressure up the middle, and this poor guy was getting killed. So, um I think that there's probably been some very difficult conversations for breakfast in that building, uh, which might decide if they try and force Reisner in or not. But there is no doubt in my mind too. the last thing, and I don't know the effect here, but I think it probably had some, everybody and their brother probably watched a bunch of games yesterday. And I think when you watch that you're Owen too, and it feels crappy, right? Like you're on two, you're playing bad. You turned over the ball seven times, blah, blah, blah. And then you sit down and watch the rest of this league and you're, you're on two, which is not insurmountable. And I think you say to yourself, okay, on two is bad, but there's a lot of teams that like, it's not like I'm watching teams that are all destined for championships. So I think if anything, Sunday slate of games probably calmed the Vikings down a bit to say what Phil just said, which is if we beat the chargers and things go right on Sunday, we could be tied for first place. Yep, and then we get Carolina, which is not a game that you should just chalk up as a W, but that's a game where you, you have a better roster than Carolina's roster. And then and then the Chiefs. We'll see what that game brings in, a, what, three weeks or whatever. Just real quick, I, I, I pulled this up, too, just for some context. 
Ed Ingram, since the beginning of last year, has allowed 70 pressures and 23 quarterback hits. 70 pressures and 23 quarterback hits. Dalton Reisner, this is just last year now for Dalton Reisner. He allowed 29 pressures, so less than half the pressures of Ed Ingram, and six hits. Now, Russell Wilson's a little bit, even in his older age, a little bit more able to get out of the pocket, maybe turn a pressure into a non-hit, right? But if if you can just, like, twice per game turn what would have been a pressure and a hit into something clean, it might be an extra chunk play. It might be, or it just might be Kirk feeling better. <laughs> yeah, Kirk's <laughs> and, ribs and, not being so, battered and broken. Right, being able yeah. to stand in there. And uh, and yeah, and to your point about the NFL too, it's so sloppy right now across the board. You've got, there's some teams that are 2-0 and right now that probably have no business being 2-0. and And there's some teams that are 0-2 that would tell you that they have no business being 0-2. And if, uh, if you can... If you were to have waited another week and now you're 0-3, I think you would have regretted this. If you, you probably regret it not doing it a week earlier, quite frankly, if this is what you were right. thinking about doing all along. Well, and I'm, I'm just trying to think of in the past three days, besides the obvious terrible loss on Thursday night, I'm trying to think of tipping points. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ingram actually, when it came to PFF at least, he held up in run protection last year and was bad in pass protection. And I'm I mean, not saying he was held great, up as a relative term. But my but my point is the run now is unworkable. So so to quote Office Space, what is it you say you do here? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think Cleveland goes to right guard and Reisner plays left guard, or they force Dalton in at right guard. But it might be simpler. Here here's my problem is if Reisner if yeah because Cleveland when. He got moved to guard because he was a college tackle, which, by the way, he still wants to be a tackle. When he got moved to guard as a rookie, it was at right guard. And as I as I recall on that one, he was not a disaster. Is that correct, Phil? He was he was like a league average overall guard. Okay, who was much, much, much like at left guard, much better as a run blocker than a pass protector. Okay, so well, and he's done, I think the main point is he's done it before. Yeah, and it's it's the it's the easy transition. He might not be thrilled about it, but you know what, dude you you had the third most pressures last year, so you don't get to pick what what you do here anymore. Sorry. And plus, I'm guessing Bradbury is out again. Oh yeah. So like, that's the problem. Is the entire inside interior of that line has become, in its own way, a liability. Yeah. Okay. Here's another thought on this. Okay, if you would have surveyed just the idiots on this show. All right. Right after the season was over and said, hey, what's like the number one thing you think they should look at fixing? I mean, the defense would have been different points of the event. You know what? Not sure with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, you can have three questionable pass protectors in the middle of that line. Right. You need to have either one of those guys replaced outright or have a couple really good plan B's in your back pocket. And maybe this is maybe. You know, maybe this has been one of them for the last month because they knew that they could get Dalton Reisner to sign if they just you know wrote him a check. But how do we now get to the second, third week in the season? And it's like, oh my god, boy, the interior, the offensive, like, like, why is this, why is this like catching up to you now? That's my biggest question, mostly to the front office and Quasi. That that if you have to pull this desperate move going into week three, 
why wasn't it addressed first guess back in March during the first wave, second wave of free agency, you know, or in August, like Re- Reisner was in your building. I think, I think it comes down to the biggest thing in that, in my opinion, ails younger sports executives, hubris. I think they're so desperate to be right. And, and the hardest thing, but yet the best people do it is to what identify a mistake and pull the plug. Like that's the hardest thing, but you know, We've talked about this a lot, but that 2022 draft class is shaping up as an unbelievable bust. It is a, you know, your first round pick can't play. Okay, how about the second round pick? One of those guys can't play. The guy that's starting, what, third round pick is a complete mess half the time. So I think it's very simple, though. I think that there's a stubbornness, and this probably extends to um, Kevin O'Connell as well. I think there's a stubbornness to be right. and and in some ways, and it was fun, don't get me wrong, but in some ways the fortunes of 2022 and winning 13 games sort of emboldened them because even the stuff that they touched the turn to crap didn't really, in their mind, turn to crap because they won 13 games. Yeah. So that's my, my answer is it's stubbornness, and my answer is somebody finally got to them. Again, I would not be surprised internally if Kirk came in and said, guys, I'm getting killed back there. Like when I do get hit, my ribs are basically going through my throat. Let's stop that. But, but like they saw the Netflix document. They lived it. They I agree. lived the Netflix I'm just trying to spitball you know, about like... why. I'm trying to spitball the replies to your question because it's a very valid question and it's frustrating. And the they, whole they point call... of, of if you're not going to sign him until after week one because the contract's guaranteed. Like to me, that what that reminds me of is like classic, I hate to use it, cheap poll ad thing of like not calling a guy up to make your opening day roster. Cause you can have him for an extra year. If he's not called up after, you know, June 1st, like at, at, if he can help your team before the season starts and he's a better player than the replacement level slappy that you have on your fringe roster, why wouldn't you just add him right then and there? That's not being savvy. Penny pitching moves are one thing, but at the end of the day, you had an opportunity to just add him. Yeah. Um, six weeks ago and you chose not to. And now it looks a lot more desperate. By the way, it's a one-year deal for $4 million, according to Ian Rappaport. And it's not guaranteed, right? That means if they were, if they were to cut him in week seven, that they, yep. they don't owe the rest of the contract. Right. So I'm um, just trying to see if there's any other reporting here in the last 20 minutes on what their plan might be. So $2.25 million guaranteed, up to $4 million if he winds up sticking around for the, uh, the full season. So uh, real quick, let's shout out some friends here. Let's shout out our friends at Finch Home Solutions, okay? Maybe the Vikings called whatever the Finch Home Solutions equivalent is to Cody. get their electrical systems fixed. Huh? Cody, they they called him, and, and he <laughs> said, sign a guard, sign a guard. And then guess what? My friend Cody went back to work with his guys at Finch Home Solutions because that's what they do. Any electrical problems that you might have, big or small, they are going to fix them. In fact, you know what? They don't need to bring people in at the last second because when they arrive at your house, they know exactly what the issue is. And again, it can be as simple as replacing an outlet. It can be as much as replacing the uh, the wiring in your entire home. But they are never going to let you down because they are a Pro Bowl team. And right now, uh, check this out. The Finch Friends and Family Plan. One free electrical inspection a year, which is important. No dispatch fee. Priority dispatching when you call them. 10% discount on all work performed in your home. All of that, $9.95 a month. 612. 612- Three five seven two six zero four or finchhomesolutions.com. dot com. dot com. They make the right move the first time. 
Wow. Wow. Wow, dude. How about that? That was an amazing, amazing tie in there with that copy. Um, hey, Power Lodge and Miller Marine make a lot of great moves as well. You don't become the world's largest Bennington dealer by, uh, you know, just waking up in the morning and crossing your fingers. And uh, right now, so we're, we're kind of riding out the last few weeks of summer here and we're headed toward winter. But if you look ahead on the horizon here, maybe, maybe you go get one of these Benningtons and you get, uh, you take advantage of a winterization special, for instance, free storage with the purchase of a new boat. Get double the value if that new boat is a luxurious Bennington with unbeatable employee pricing stacked Ooh. on top of rebates. So if you're thinking about it, this is a great time to get a deal at the end of the season to have it ready to rock for next year. Uh, pontoon Passion starts at Miller Marine and Power Lodge. And a shout out to our friends at Summit Orthopedics. Let's say you're an offensive lineman dealing with a sore back. You know, maybe you're questionable to be able to work, for instance. Well, you could stop it if it's really bad. Walk into orthopedic urgent care at Summit Orthopedics seven days a week starting at 8 o'clock in the morning. Also, no referrals are needed. And they offer same-day appointments. 25 locations across the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Learn more at summitortho.com. That is summitortho.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So now that you guys have had kind of a weekend to to sit on this 0-2 start and to sort of digest the the Eagles game from last Thursday and the rest of the league landscape, what, what's your general sort of panic meter right now? How, how are you feeling about this franchise here? after uh, they sputtered out of the gate? Well, it's been really bad because, I mean, come on, seven turnovers in two games is just absolutely pathetic. Um, and as Boone talked about, they have not looked, in more ways than that, they have not looked prepared. All of that being said, I will reiterate, watching Red Zone, God's greatest invention, on Sunday, and I'm not kidding, it's the greatest invention, thank you. Um, watching the Red Zone channel reminded me, though, Phil, and, and we have debated this before, I will state it again, not to start a new debate, but especially in the first month, there's just some bad football played, like sloppy. It's not good. It's not, it's, it's fun because the games are close and I'll watch it. I'm not saying that I won't, but I mean, it is some bad football. And after I watched that and like I watched Detroit blow it, right? Chicago, which I thought would be improved right now, still is awful. Green Bay Dude, blew it. Chicago has a quarterback problem again. Well, Chicago, Chicago might be angling against the Cardinals for Caleb now. Like they might be that bad. They might be that wow. bad. So anyway, after watching games on Sunday, I actually calmed down because I'm like, okay, the Vikings have been really bad, but it's not like I'm seeing a ton of teams that are great. There are some very good teams, but it's not a lot. So I actually am. This is going to sound really pathetic. I'm more hopeful after Sunday because it sort of was a slap in the face of. Yeah, the Vikings aren't playing well, but a lot of league ain't great. I mean, the Falcons, with a quarterback that runs, and I, I mean, he might be fine, I don't know, are 2-0. and Tampa Bay, 2-0. and So I'm actually, if the Vikings can win against the Chargers, um, I ain't saying this team's going to win a Super Bowl because I don't think that they are, 
but I think you can get things back on track fairly quickly at one and two. Uh, I would have a panic meter at about a seven out of 10 right now. 10 being sound the all sound, all the alarms panic. Um, you're Owen two. you've dug yourself a hole. You have to play some really good quarterbacks coming up. Your run defense isn't even better than it was last year. Uh, you still go, you stall out all the time on offense. Turnovers are not at the end of the day. Good teams don't turn over the ball all the damn time. And there is something to say that, Hey, they're, they're just not going to have every first half with three fumbles, which is what they've had the last two games. But there is definitely, I think, more of a panic meter than I had going into this season just because even though I think some of those turnovers will work, work themselves out, I don't think this team is as polished as some of the other finer teams, even to contrary to Judd's point. Like, look at the Dolphins, man. The Dolphins look great. Um, yesterday, that was an awesome game to watch. San Francisco loses Brock Purdy at the end of the playoff game, and now he's just back, and the, and the Niners are the Niners again. I just think there's still a, a big gap here between the Vikings being legitimate contenders and trying to dig themselves out of the 0-2 start. So I, I, I'm a little bit more panicked than I was before the season started. And you know what? I, I generally agree with what Declan just said, but I don't have the same feeling of panic because I watched football on Saturday as well. <laughs> and if the Vikings do, let's say this season just continues to kind of go the way that it's going, maybe you lose a close game to the Chargers, the Chargers. And you're 0-3, or maybe you win against the Chargers, but then you lose a trap game at Carolina, and you're now you lose to the Chiefs. Now you're 1-4, or whatever it is, right? And it's time to find your quarterback of the future. Not that, not that this has been Kirk's fault necessarily, but that it's just time to, time to get someone that you can not have to pay you know, $35, $40 million to. Whatever. There, the, I mean, the, the number of talented quarterbacks you could – latch your franchise to that could potentially elevate you into the next era of Vikings football. So I guess that where I'm at with this is if they stop turning the ball over this year, they can still win a bunch of games. Now to get to 10 and seven, which I think you probably have to get to 10 wins to win your division and assure yourself a playoff spot. You got to go 10 and five the rest of the way. And the math starts to get really tricky as you go through the schedule with the Niners and the chiefs and some other teams on your schedule. But if they stop turning the ball over and they and they keep moving the ball through the air and Jordan Addison's a weapon, I could see them going on a run still. I don't think their season's buried. But if they don't go on a run, okay. I'm I'm fine with a reset in the spring and then you know you know see what the draft brings you, see what some of these assets can get you at the trade deadline. So I'm I guess what I'm saying is I'm kind of at peace with whatever happens the next month. I'm not going to get super worked up if they lose a bunch of games. And and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna probably overreact if they if they beat the Chargers on Sunday at home. I'll get worked up if they keep playing stupid football. But if they don't, uh, and and look, they have to if they can't run and they can't stop the the run, they're cooked, they're done. But in this league, you really don't show your identity until late October, November ish. So but you got you got to get there with a record to absolutely you know. absolutely. But but they do have that opportunity. San, or San Diego, Los Angeles is a very winnable game. And I know that they're, de- they're desperate tr- too, but I mean, De- uh, Declan's guy, Brandon Staley, ain't exactly a world beater of a coach. And plus now he's all, I mean, he's all hot at the podium that they asked him about the Jacksonville playoff game. And he's like, that has nothing to do with that. That's nothing to do with that. Carolina can be beaten. Um, so I just, the more I watch this league, the more that I think it's a reality check, especially the first month of how bad 
uh, a lot of teams look and the fact that it's going to take some time to take shape. I like this move because I do think it shows a proactive side that I don't I don't necessarily think we've seen from this administration enough. Yeah, well, it's it's not that proactive. It's reactive, isn't it? Yeah. You're talking about Dalton Reisner? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I'm just saying it's a move that's a it's a move that at least they made. They didn't. They have not made this move before. They just I like how you went back. from like it's nice, nice job being proactive, and to be like, well, they made a move. Yeah, well, <laughs> they at least did something to address a situation that we all pretty much said was not workable going out of last season. Do you think Ed Ingram, Andrew Booth, and Lewis Seen are absolute busts? Do you think there's any hope for any of those three guys? to be players well they keep talking about how scene is going to eventually replace harrison smith and i guess my question is if he can't get off the bench when uh josh metellus goes down and theo jackson who i like a lot but is not a draft pick if 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 he plays in front of scene how is Seen not an absolute bust in year two as a safety uh booth booth can't get on the field other than special teams how is that not a bust he's a second round pick ingram is a uh, you know i guess he's as close to being the best of those three and that's saying nothing. So yeah, I think they're busts and I think it's extremely di- disappointing. And I think it's very disappointing when you take a cornerback in the second round and look, Brian Flores is basically created a referendum on your draft picks and your personnel. He won't play guys. Kyrie's Tonga yeah. to, to go back to that 16 play 13 run scoring drive where Philly said, Oh, we don't have to pass the ball. Kyrie's Tonga, I think, was on for three snaps in that series. That means that Brian Flores don't like Kyrie's Tonga. Yeah, that was also just like defensive malpractice that uh, until they got to like the red zone, Brian Flores said, nope, we're going to keep it small. We're going to keep we're going to keep fewer guys in the box. And we're going to it's like, dude, they're. They're clearly running the same play right. 13 times down your throat. Right, but, so you but might he had put... options, but he had options to put guys on the field and basically refused. Yeah. Dean Lowry was on for, by my charting, one snap in 16 plays. On that drive, yeah. That basically means he can't play in his mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah this, is, this is what I would call, uh, what I learned in therapy, this is what I would call an anxious relationship attachment style by the Vikings. This is This is an anxious attachment, so... You're putting other people's needs before yours. You having sex, excessive anxiety or worry about the future. Uh, this is far from the secure relationship attachment, which you should always be succeeding or looking to find in any type of relationship. This screams anxious to me. This is an anxious relationship, and they're trying to figure out uh, other people's needs before their own. Mm, well, uh, I guess if it's you've been a Vikings fan for, for yeah, that was great stuff. Uh, if the Vikings have have uh, Vikings fans have learned one thing, it's how to be anxious, I guess. And uh, the franchise and the front office seem to be feeling the same way after watching these first couple games. Gentlemen, um, a shout out to our friends at Federated here for helping power the podcast. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Uh, they've been around. They're very proactive, quite frankly. They're all about risk management, not like two weeks after you've needed it, but well in advance thinking about how you can maximize and fortify your business through risk management tools and resources. Federatedinsurance.com to find out more information about uh, the businesses and the industries that they work with. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. 
And uh, don't forget to over at scorenorth.com slash shop. We have two different wings. We've got the merchandise wing you can click on, and we've got the collectibles wing you can click on, courtesy of our friends at Universal Sports Auctions, where you can get gems like this Jordan Addison autographed jersey. The, the, I would say the most popular selling item so far, people decking out their man caves and, uh, and their offices, the one-handed Justin Jefferson catch framed and signed photo against Buffalo last year. That thing is awesome. So go to scorenorth.com slash shop and click on collectibles, and you can enter promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and get 10% off all items at checkout. So there it is, Dalton Reisner. Dalton Reisner, we'll see um, where they... Emergency episode. You asked for it, we delivered. Yes. So thanks for hanging out with us it. here. Sounds mm-hmm. like your dogs are asking for yeah. a nature story. Stella and Ryder are mad. It's a double team. The neighbor's dog has no chance. They're doubling to Judd is what's happening. We'll get a Boone film breakdown of what's happening in Judd's house on Monday next week. Yeah, if you missed the Boone Trenches episode, it foreshadowed, especially with both Ezra Cleveland and... Uh, and Ed Ingram, sort of the run game issues with those guys that maybe haven't been chronicled as much. So check that episode out. I think it's over 10,000 views on YouTube. And you can go, it's just what, probably the most popular episode we've done the last couple of weeks. So check it out. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.